When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was just too good. And we were told that as soon as we got there, like, hey, what we're about to do probably won't ever happen again in your career. This is special. So stand by. I was fortunate that my first platoon was too good. We were on point. It was exactly what the brochure said on this one. I mean, it was at night. No one knew we were there. We got in, got out. By the time we are down the mountain, getting back to the VIX, you heard the warning shots. They just found their guys. You've got the plan, right? Hey, we're gonna get there, we're gonna learn, they're gonna, I'm gonna be able to pick my dog. I'm gonna pick my dog. And it's just this uh, little yellow dog, man. <laughs> Fast forward, he's the only one that actually deployed. Really? Yep. You're never gonna get yeah. one like this again, man. Well, not with that attitude. Well, yeah. that's all right. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it's both an honor and a pleasure to welcome my next guest to the podcast. He spent eight years on active duty as a U.S. Navy SEAL at SEAL Team 10, did two combat deployments, one to West Africa and one to the West Al-Anbar province of Iraq, which we're going to dive heavy into. He was canine Mickey's handler who received a Navy accommodation medal with Valor, which we'll for sure get into. He then transitioned into being the leading petty officer of the multi-purpose canine East Kennel, uh, East Coast Kennel, and then the, ended up being the senior enlisted advisor at that same entity. He's a team dog canine nutrition liaison slash front man, and he's Lando Calrissian stunt double from Star Wars. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Chris Kappa. Uh, thank you very much for having me today. Ooh, thanks for coming. Uh, you know, the Lando Calrissian thing, I, I had to look it up because I wanted to see how he was described. Right. Uh, and it's a smooth-talking smuggler who changed from a get-rich-quick get schemer to a selfless leader. So, oh, I, I mean, love it. I absolutely yeah, love it. There you have it. I, I can't wait for that yeah, to stick. Yeah, yeah that's going to be good. <laughs> Uh, what's the last book that you've read? Like the full full book that you've read and finished? Mm. I like the last last book that I read um, was actually the Bible. It was not from cover to cover, obviously. Um, but in reality, the 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 most interesting book that I've read that I've finished recently uh, would absolutely have to be a uh, a Mike Ritland book. No, come on. You did not read it. I did. Which one? Trident Warriors. No shit. I did. And, oh. and I'll be honest with you, it's outside of my character to do so. Really? Yeah. I, I like to, because um, we hadn't met yet. Yeah. I like to meet people who write these great books. I like to meet them in person. And then it helps me kind of get context for where you come from in the book, yeah. to be honest with you. But, shit, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, you're skilled. Oh, well, I don't know about that, but I appreciate you reading it. And, uh, and thank you for the kind words. Yeah, no problem. Um, favorite kids cereal growing up? I mean, Reese's Puffs. Really? Reese's Puffs. And to this day, it's still a Reese's Puffs. That's a big fan favorite for... Yeah, yeah. yeah, All right. Um, Other than the fact that if you eat too much of it, the top of your mouth is blown out. (laughs) It's blown out. It's like eating too many nachos. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's the most memorable tradition uh, 
from your family growing up? You know, my family was a little um, scattered. But I will say when we were all together, it was obviously during the holiday time, yeah. we would jam about 16 to 17 people in a three bedroom, two bath house. Yeah. And it would be absolute mayhem and chaos, but it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. And uh, that to me, and I'm trying to recreate that with my family now, obviously yeah. get everybody to my house, yeah. jam in their home alone style and, yeah. uh, and have a good time. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, did you have a favorite childhood game? Ooh, sharks and minnows in the pool. Is that right? Absolutely. Shit. And that's what translated pretty well here through training. Yeah, no shit. So sharks and minnows in the pool. Yeah. Did you guys ever play that in Buds? Did the instructors ever have you play that? No, we didn't yeah. get that really? luxury. We did a few times. Uh, I mean, it was violent. It was Absolutely, like, yeah. Uh, what about underwater hockey? Underwater hockey yeah. and polo. Yeah. Water polo is a yeah. huge one. Um, yeah. And that's just drowning everybody until they quit and hold yeah. on to the sides. Yeah. God, I, love, I used to love that shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what's your AM routine first? Uh, what, what time do you get up in the first couple hours of your day? Absolutely. So I'm normally woken up by uh, my canine partner, Mickey, yeah. kind of squil- kind of squabbling at me outside. And uh, that's between four thirty five o'clock. Oh, no shit. So I like to get him up early. He gets me up early. Um, and then from there, we'll go ahead and get him decked out. And we're going to get him outside and get him out um, some free walk time. And for me, that's time for me to kind of set my mind for the day, right? I'm really just taking that time to think about what I need to get accomplished, make sure he's not running off into somebody's yard, obviously. Yeah. And then on the way back, we'll, uh, after that 10, 15 minutes, we'll jump into the gym. Yeah. Uh, he'll go on the treadmill and then I start doing calisthenics, weightlifting, whatever the case may be for the day. Yeah. Um, by that time, I, uh, you know, I got one mini terrorist waking up. Yeah. Uh, so it's time to start getting him ready for the bus. And my wife does a great job taking care of that. So yeah. I can have my morning to myself. Do you, uh, subscribe to like a particular workout regimen or is it just you try to do some movement in the morning um when i was active duty obviously we were very structured um the hpp program took care of us they handed us hey here's the get well plan execute Uh, when i transitioned out what i found is i needed some time off i needed to let the body and just kind of breathe and break a little bit um but now it's really a functional well, yeah, that kind of shows my age there, doesn't it? It's, it's a more of a functional lift and workout, you know? I'm right there with you. Yeah, some stretching and things like that. Yeah. And then lighter weights, more volume than anything. Yeah. I'm going for tone. Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. <laughs> it just staying, trying to stay relevant yeah. is what I t- tell people. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, do you eat uh, the first few hours of the day? You know, I don't. Really? I don't eat the first few hours of the day. What I really like to do is I like to get that morning um, and just water would be great. I've been kind of flirting with some pre-workout recently yeah. just kind of did to get that motivation to get things going but no mainly water till about 10 mm, 30. really yeah i like to do a little bit intermittent nothing too crazy um i got crazy with it before and kind of saw the results and it was great but to keep that level of intensity on that was wasn't yeah. a good fit for me yeah uh, yeah i hear I've, I've tried just about everything and and uh for me the like the the lack of uh, carbohydrates for for too long yeah it, it just like it, it starts to mess with my brain and a little cloudy well, yeah and I, I don't sleep very well and, mm-hmm. and i feel real flat during workouts and right. you know it's like it's right. a weird it's a hard balance for me it's you know easily the the biggest thing diet and training nutrition whatever wise that i've struggled with is is balancing the amount of carbohydrates that it's like you know to find just enough to right. get the job done right. but not too much Cause I'm kind of a fat kid at heart. Like same here, man. Know, like I just, uh, we found yeah. the cookie shop down yeah. the road. <laughs> yeah. That place is nuts. Yeah, that place is nuts. Uh, all right. So where are you originally from? I'm originally from Hartford, Connecticut. Um, really? so I'm up north, Northeastern guy. I'm a Yankee. I still have family up there. Yeah. Um, enjoy a good snow. 
What are the two key components for canine success? That's effective training and proper nutrition. Fueled by Team Dog brings those two components to your family and best friend. The perfect nutritional balance that results in a higher mental acuity, energy, overall vitality, and even an improved appearance. Every product you will find in my company's store was born from the battlefield and not from the boardroom. Let my life's work help you become your dog's hero. And uh, what what was, uh, I guess, how would you characterize your childhood growing up there? Uh, I didn't spend a lot of time there. I was born there, and a, right before first grade, we made the transition down to Virginia. Okay. We did follow some family members down to Virginia. Um, in Connecticut, though, I remember vividly, literally walking to school in the snow. Yeah. Um, uphill both ways. Uphill both ways, yeah. you know, in shorts. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember um, starting school there. Uh, I remember the winters there, and then we made that transition to Virginia. And that's really where I call home at this yeah. point. Did you have uh, a number of siblings? I do. I have an older brother and an older sister, yeah. uh, uh, blood-related. Then I have a little brother and a little sister because I was adopted. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, in that first few years in the Connecticut time frame, mm-hmm. um, w- would you say it was a stable, stable environment? Or yeah, I, I, I did. I, you know, my mom worked hard. Um, single parent household, but she, she did well for yeah. the situation we were in. So even at that young age, your dad wasn't, no, wasn't no, yeah. wasn't there at all. So no, no, no male positive male role model to speak of father wise. Again, I did have a, when I say older brother, I mean, he is 20 some years older than oh, me. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to say it was a mistake. I think I'm a blessing. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, Mom had him when she was 16, had me when she was 40. Oh, wow. So we had a little bit of a gap wow. there. Yeah. yeah it's a little bit of a gap there. Yeah. Well, so you said you you were adopted. Yeah, I did. I got adopted actually four months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. So how does that work? So that was an adult adoption. It was um, to two individuals that are now my parents that showed me what right was. Um, they stuck with me some, from the time I was 15 years old um, and they opened up their home to me. They put a roof over my head at a certain point in my life. And uh, they really helped ground me and show me, you know, Nothing, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, yeah. but they definitely showed me what a functioning family looks like. All right, so your your real mom, you were, mm-hmm. you were born biological mom, yeah. and, and spent the first fifteen years with her. Absolutely, even okay. longer. I spent. I mean, we till I was uh, eighteen and left. Okay. Yeah. So when you uh, moved down to Virginia, did did that change anything as far as the family? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it changes family dynamic because we're following family there. And then that family left Australia. Oh, wow. <laughs> kind of left, you know, me and my biological mom there. Um, so it was it was hard. And I had cousins that I was growing up with. So I had um, kids my age to kind of hang out with. I had uh, my grandmother was there, two aunts. And poof, second grade, they were all gone. Wow. So that was pretty impactful on me. And I would say that was a pretty big pivot point in my life because I, I lost my support system, I felt like. Yeah. And uh, they went off and did great things. And now they have beautiful families, you know, all throughout the world. Um, but that point in my life, we had like 14 to 17 people in about a two hour radius. And yeah. that kind of went away. Yeah. So at that point, I mean, I'm assuming with the age gap difference uh, yeah. with your siblings, were they in the house or not? No. Yeah. So they were, I mean, they were still up north. They yeah. hate, they hate the south. Yeah. It's hard to get them down there. Um, so we were really disaggregated and um, the sense of family started to really erode for me. And that's something I've always wanted was that yeah. again, home alone, sense of family. Everyone's in the house. It's yeah. chaos, but it's, it's love too. Yeah calling each other little jerks and whatever comes out comes yeah, out you yeah. know <laughs> um all right so you moved to virginia you're you're in first grade at that point is it just you and your mom pretty much yeah or? pretty well uh for a little while i think i got made it to again first grade second grade um one of the aunts with the four kids she decided to 
to, to get up and leave and uh, kind of was holding things together for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, after that, it was, you know, kind of uh, being my biological mom. And um, again, a lot of freedom of movement for me, yeah. considering the situation. So um, not a lot of oversight. Uh, and I was pretty much able to do what I wanted, where I wanted and where I was living. I could get on the bike and ride miles and not hit a main road. So it was I got to explore quite a bit yeah. uh, when I was young. And that, I think that helped with my independence and kind of helped learn, you know, how to get things done on my yeah. own. Was there, a, in terms of a focus on school from your mom, I mean, did she at least make you know. go? Yeah, I was definitely in school, not as much. Once I got to high school, that was, yeah. you know, rough. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah, middle school, elementary school, I attended. I was there. Um don't know how much I was actively learning and engaging at the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, yeah. I was on the bus. Yeah. Did, uh, did anything like big ticket wise, uh, from an impactfulness standpoint happen? Um, you know, that was significant enough to where it, it's something you think about often as you were growing up, like any big ticket items that happened? It was like, a, I don't want to say death, but it was, it was like a, just a thousand paper cuts of just like constantly not having structure, not having people I could, you know, really go to for mentorship or, Hey, how do I do this? Yeah. Um, and I think I look back at that now and I value that a lot yeah. being honest with you. Um, at the time I didn't understand it and it was frustrating. Yeah. I didn't, what, you know, why do they get what looked like perfect and I get what I've got. There's a reason for that. And I'm definitely seeing the silver lining now, yeah. but no, it wasn't one specific knee jerk, impactful thing it was just kind of over time yeah just kind of over time did you have uh any relationship or even meet your real dad yeah so the first time i uh, met him was in yeah right around second third grade came to visit um you know he's from trinidad heavy accent uh, at the time he was uh really well into the cruise ship business so he's always moving and i remember the first time i met him you know from Trinidad, we got gold everywhere. You know, he's, he, you know, it, you know, he, he likes nice things. And the first thing he did to me, hey, you know, hey, son, and uh, handed me a gold anchor chain and a black and gold leather banded Gucci watch that I still own to this day. Really? Yeah. And I remember wearing that stuff to school like I was hot yeah. shit, man. <laughs> I'm talking, ooh, you could not, you couldn't see me with that watch yeah. until I hung it on the fucking soccer net and ripped yeah. it oh, <laughs> and wow. it was gone so yeah. yeah so those were that was the first time i met him and then he came back um i had a senior night i think in high school high school football oh wow which was super awkward right yeah you are i mean yeah. i see i get the size and my looks but yeah, i didn't know him very well and the picture was super cringy so oh yeah 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 um did you like at that age i mean the first time you met him that that's got to be confusing like i mean what <sighs> Do you remember what was going through your mind or kind of how you tried to rationalize it? Yeah, like, where you at, man? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And Did you ask him that? Yeah, he's really good at deflecting. Um, but with all that being said, I look back at that, and there's three sides to that story, obviously. Yeah. There's his, hers, and then the truth. Yeah. So whatever transpired between uh, my biological parents, that's their business. Um, as I got older, I could, you know, see the tendencies in certain individuals on why this that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um and which led me obviously to where we are now. So, um, stay in contact with him. He calls about every week. You know, I don't have any um, ill will or anything against him. It just uh, was a good lesson, good life lesson learned. And I always say, you know, he didn't show me what to do. He showed me kind of what not to do. Yeah. So I can pour into my kids, man. Sure. You know, I just yeah. pour into mine at this point and show yeah. them. You know. Yeah. 
Did he give you any any type of uh, father son talks during your childhood at all? Like any advice or this is the right oh. way? To, nothing. Ah oh, man, I was. Yeah. No, nah, and 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 I again, I dive into that. What's the why? Yeah. Why? Like we both got interpersonal communication skills on like you know we should be able to have. I just don't think he ever got it when he was a kid. Yeah. I think he was like one of twelve. You know. To me, what what's fascinating about that though is that you know if he if he never got that, he turned out the same way. Right. But you didn't get that, and you didn't turn out the same way. Breaking the cycle, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. Not weird. It's interesting to me. Right. Uh, you know, some some uh, childhoods that, that take place yep. break children Absolutely. forever. Yep. And some, it's like it inspires slash motivates them to do the exact opposite. And, and it's like despite all of these horrible circumstances growing right. up you know some kids grow up to be just phenomenal individuals right. and some end up to be total dirtbags you right. know i don't know what what that driving what's the yeah, like what's yeah. what's the catalyst that right. sends it either way i don't know right. um, i don't know if it's purely genetic i don't know if it's chance i mean i, I really i don't know if you could even really study that I, w I wish somebody would but um it's a great point you're bringing up though because again it, it's almost like there's a, a fork in the road and, and yeah. you have a choice to make it a certain point whatever the point might be in your life yeah. and for me it was just ooh, yeah it's going to keep going on we got to yeah. keep progressing yeah did you get any in any real trouble uh prior to turning 18. <sighs> No, I was really good at not getting caught, man. <laughs> I was really good yeah. at not getting caught. Um, after 18, yeah, we spent some time and, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, did you play any sports growing up? I did. I was uh, football. Didn't start playing sports until about eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, got introduced to football. Liked it. Loved it. Wrestling, track. Um, again, just was was gifted with speed. Yeah. Um, so I could, you know, move move pretty quick. Football carried me all the way into college. So it was cool. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. And that's where I ended up meeting uh, my father, Mr. Joel Hughes, and uh, he was my ninth grade football coach. Really? Yes, sir. So football was, of all the sports that you played, that was kind of your main Yeah, that main was sport. it. That was it. Um, did you uh, – what what position did you play? I played uh, – well, in our offense, it was an ace back, so like a full back, uh, some running back, and then a whole lot of outside linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, they like just coming off the edge on where yeah. I was at. So. Yeah. Um, and then – did well enough in high school to well i wouldn't say that yeah. all right what happened all right so i did athletically i was okay okay you couldn't find me in class though yeah so i had a hard time getting anybody to take a look because you needed that 2.0 and i don't think i was even close at the time and oh, wow. i was i was pretty close to not making it out of high school if i'm being honest with you um so that put me into a little you know community college for a couple semesters and yeah. got my act together and again father joel hughes comes into play hey man you're going to school you know comes and buys the books make sure i have you know everything i need to start my community college so i can reach the goal of going to play college football so yeah. without him i wouldn't, wouldn't have had that opportunity wow. so um how was your mom at at this point uh when you're in ninth grade and, and the football coach starts to play a more active role was she receptive to that was mm -hmm. she no nah, she sensed it so i could tell she, she sensed like it. it um she knew i loved it she knew this is what i needed but she could also sense that they have, they're giving him something I can't. And I knew that. And I, and I felt for her. But she also wanted what was best for her baby boy too, right? So th that's got to be a hard yeah. hard one to split. Um, but I could tell she sensed it. We talk about it to this day, like the time that, you know, he first came to the house and met her. And she was defensive, you know. Who's this man with my kid, yeah. you know. Um, but, man, I grew up. 
Yeah. You know, I had to make my own choices. So. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I can I can see where being in her shoes, it would be uh, a double edged sword for sure. Yeah. Like you, I mean, yeah. ultimately. I mean, I, I, I'm not a mom, right? Right. Uh, I can't really even project and try to put myself in that position right. other, other than just thinking about it. But um, you, you would think that ultimately a mom would be like, man, my son needs a, a strong male role right. model in, in their life and, and would be uh, accepting towards that, not not resistant. But Well, you got to remember <laughs> at single-parent households at that age, I'm the man of the house, and I've been the man of the house. Yeah. So she's not just – she's losing – yeah. The man of the house, not just her son, right? I'm yeah. doing tasks, things to help, you know, bringing in a little bit of money to help support, you know, here and there. Um, so it was a threat for her, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So he starts working with you in ninth grade, yeah. getting you into school more. Um, you do well enough to graduate, I assume. I do. So luckily, I was fortunate enough to have coaches all the way through who said, hey, man, you got to get this done. You've got to do it. Um, the blessing and the curse was charm. I could charm the pants off my, you know, hey, just put your name on the test and I'll get you, you know, get you to see. Cool, coach. Appreciate you. But what'd that do for me later down the road? Yeah. You know, kind of crippled me a little bit, right? Yeah. So. Um, so w once you graduated, did you go on to, to college? So I graduated, went <clears throat> took, went directly to a community college because I had the, the pamphlet for football. And that's all my goal was, was to go play football. So um, got into community college, did my time there, and then shipped off as fast as I could to Christopher Newport University, right in Newport News, um, and started my journey there. And how did that go? Um, well, let's see. It didn't go well. Um, ended up in handcuffs a few times. Really? Uh, yeah, you know, I had a chip. Um, there was some, you know, some tension between the football and baseball team, just college, college kid stuff. And, um, yeah, I got caught that time. So yeah. we got into a huge brawl. Um, <clears throat> ended up getting a warrant, you know, I'm on the thing we were going to, uh, OD basketball game with me, and a couple of the buddies and, uh, we're riding along in this like shitty, you know, to Jetta or something like that. No gas. And I get the call from the head football coach. Coach, well, what's up? Cap, you got to come back. I got the cops here looking for you. Okay. Coach, we're turning around. We're in the tunnel. We'll, you know, I'll be right there. So I get to his office. He's like, Hey man, you got to turn yourself in. Whatever happened last night. And I'm like, you know, obviously we're you know, bloodied and, you know, knuckles are a little swollen and stuff like that. And he's like, I just, you just turn yourself in, man. Don't let him come looking for you. I'm like, all right. <clears throat> so I did turn myself in. So, you know, at that time it was a slap on the wrist. No big deal for me. Um, ended up turning into a malicious wounding charge, which then gained some traction, which then, you know, school was now at risk, futures at risk. And I'm really starting to rethink <clears throat> my priorities and like how I'm going to navigate this new landscape of trouble that I'm in. So I called Joel, my dad, whatever they're telling you to do, Chris, you need to go do, um, whether it be community service, you know, you need character statements. You need to start getting to people that were there to help defend yourself. If it's going to be this big of a charge. And unfortunately I was going against, uh, some individuals had a lot more, um, just more money than I did. So they had lawyers and they had, you know, a case built against me essentially saying that I potentially could have ruined his baseball career and so forth and so on. So, that was a tough one for me. <clears throat> Ended up getting some community service, uh, removed off the team for a little bit, and worked my way back on. Fast forward, going to buy some guns from the pawn shop years later. Now, how old are you at this point? Uh, just got out. Just, just left college. So we're like 22 maybe, right? And I'm, buy, I'm going to buy these guns, and I'm like, oh, good. Yeah, it may just be a few minutes for your background check. Just take a seat and relax. No problem. Cool. Hour goes by. Another hour. I'm like, dude, what's up? 
we'll stay here because you know it'll be like yeah. the you yeah. know now the hair is starting here, to come yeah. up a little bit I'm like oh no I'm yeah. getting trapped so police officers walk in like hey dude you got a warrant out from like 2000 and like eight or six or something like that Let's go figure it out, boys. Let's go figure it out. And I was like, I guess I'm not getting these guns today, huh? And they're like, well, hold them for you, man. Sweet. Get down to the precinct and they're, you know, going through the files and they're like, something's not right here, man. Like something just isn't adding up. You've done what you're supposed to do. You've done the community service, blah, 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 blah. So this little incident, one in particular had, had followed me all the way for years to that point, got myself in, you know, back in front of the magistrate, got out of that in trouble. Fast forward, we'll get into that, but now I got to get into the Navy they didn't like that charge. So that took quite a bit of work to, to work through that one. But, um, yeah, so through college, it was, um, I did run in some trouble with the, with the law, um, drinking, fighting. What was, did anything ever happen with that, uh, the, the pawn shop incident? Did they say, no, everything's fine and you're free to go? No, I went to the magic. No, they took me in, in the back of a cop car downtown, downtown Norfolk, um, got in front of the magistrate. I think it was on a Friday. So I was like, dude, I do not want to get put in this place till Monday. Like, yeah. let's, let's get out of here. And they were, they were kind enough to say, this doesn't make sense. We got to put you in the cell for a minute. Give me another couple hours to work it through. And the magistrate basically this, you got to go, go back into the court and like, get this figured out. Cause it's not filed right it's not whatever it is it's not right so he was on my side which was great I uh, got out of there in about five or six hours and I went on about my business and, and started to really dig into that because I didn't want that following me anymore right um, so yeah did, did that end up getting dismissed or expunged yeah so I had to go back to court for that one um, it was just me standing there with the judge with the public defender right and they're like yeah you've done what you need to do you've written all your statements you've explained it to us um, and they ended up dropping the charges yeah, after that. So good. it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It got that resolved properly. Yeah. All right. As you guys know, I used to dip when I was in the military, uh, as a lot of us do, um, the tradition of it and just the ritual, uh, which the enjoyment that comes from that is significant and not one that I uh, particularly like to give up. Uh, as I know a lot of my brothers in arms, uh, tend to feel the same way, which is why I like black Buffalo. It's got two product types which are uh, long cut and pouches. They're made from the same base ingredients, which is edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and no tobacco leaf or stem. In both of those formats, you can get wintergreen, mint, straight peach, or blood orange. Um, and it's just a, it's a phenomenal product that, uh, you know, is tobacco free. Uh, they also have nicotine, uh, pharmaceutical grade nicotine versions and nicotine free versions if you want to ditch the nicotine as well. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I've, I've enjoyed and, and been able to transition off of dip from. Uh, and it's something that um, in terms of honoring that ritual and, and getting that same feeling uh, of having that ritualistic dip is, uh, is pretty awesome. So go to blackbuffalo.com uh, for your introductory package and uh, get 20% off with code MICDROP. That's blackbuffalo.com, 20% off, code MICDROP. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. I want to take a second to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that is a staunch supporter of this podcast, which is Bub's Naturals. Uh, the hat sitting in front of me uh, here on our coffee table here in the studio belonged to Glenn Doherty. His nickname was Bub. Uh, I did two platoons with him. And his childhood best friend uh, and another colleague of theirs, uh, Sean is the best friend, TJ is their colleague, uh, started Bub's Naturals, which is a collagen and MCT oil company uh, in Bub's or Glenn's honor. 
And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's, uh, an absolute honor to be sponsored by and working with a company that, um, you know, was started in the honor of one of my closest friends and, and a guy that I went to war with. And, uh, you know, the, the Bubs brand is not only super quality, um, you know, collagen, uh, collagen powder, as well as MCT oil powder, um, you know, but they also give back to the Glen Doherty Memorial Foundation. Uh, they donate proceeds from their product sales to the Glen Doherty Memorial Foundation, which, uh, you know, to me just furthers, uh, you know, the, the mission set on Veterans Day, they give 100% back. So uh, I do believe it's the best collagen on the planet. Uh, I like to mix it in with uh, morning coffee, the MCT oil powder, the same thing. Uh, mixes in very easy. It tastes great. Uh, and it just kind of adds everything that you want to start your day off from a brain health standpoint, from a joint support, gut support, um, you know, MCT oil and collagen are, are two components, especially as, as we age, uh, that are integral components to, uh, to health. And so, uh, to be able to work with Bubs Naturals and, uh, be able to, to work with them and, and sponsor a product that, uh, number one is a high quality product. And number two is, is so near and dear to, uh, you know, to my heart and to the mic drop podcast for, for who it, uh, was started for and what it stands for. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's an amazing, amazing place to be. So, um, it is whole 30 approved. Um, it's, uh, sport certified, so you're not uh, going to run into any problems with that. Um, and I will say that, um, you know, right now they're, they're offering, uh, 20%, <clears throat> 20% off if you go to bubsnaturals.com and, uh, use the mic drop code. So, uh, I really highly encourage you to, to try it out, incorporate it into your day, day to day for joint health, for brain health, uh, for cognition, for gut health. And, uh, and to support an amazing organization that does a lot of things uh, in Glenn Bubb's honor. So uh, go to bubsnaturals.com. Mic drop is the code 20% off. As you guys know, sleep is a huge component to recovery uh, and really all aspects in life. And it's something that a lot of us have struggled with, uh, you know, for a lot of our lives, frankly. Uh, as you know, I've been a, uh, a big proponent of Beam, which is a hot cocoa that, uh, you know, you drink before you go to sleep and it's helped tremendously in terms of hours of sleep maintained as well as the uh, quality of sleep. Today, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, which is their science-backed hot cocoa for sleep, and it's got no added sugar. Better sleep has never tasted better. As you know, other sleep aids can cause next-day grogginess um, and just make you feel crappy, but Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, and apigenin, also melatonin, to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up feeling refreshed. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash mic drop, all caps, all one word, and use code mic drop, all one word, all caps, at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash mic drop and use code mic drop for up to 40% off. Um, so that's after college. Yes. Um, did you play football that whole time in college? Yeah, I was there. I was there for two and a half years. Yeah. 2008 happened. I ran back home to my biological mom. No money. So I started uh, getting into dogs. Yeah. Big time. I uh, went home, started working. Um, Helping out with the house, um, I was really into uh, blue nose American blue nose pit bulls at the time. Mm -hmm. To standard, yeah. I was really big on the standard of them, and we 
started breeding them, got really into the breeding and whelping of dogs at that point. And financially it was what's kept the, the lights on it during 2008, 2009. So um, gained some experience there, fell in love with it, super passionate about it, and uh, just kept continuing with the with dogs from there on out. Um, so yeah, 2008, 2009 was back, was back, you know, working, grinding, and then I never saw another classroom after that until yeah. Bud's. What were you working? What were you doing job-wise? So that's a, that's a great story too. So back in college, we had the football house and my next door neighbor, um, pretty affluent individual. Um, he would come over and always call the cops on us, man. And I would have, I, they'd send me out to go talk to him because, hey, Cap, go out there. You're older. You can, you know, you talk, talk to him. Okay, I got you. A uh, good buddy of mine now named Jim Cox would come out and just motherfuck us. Cops at the house trying to shut down the party. I get it. Well, two weeks later, he has a party. Big party. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> na- yeah. <laughs> yeah, my neighbor over here at 112. <laughs> so now he walks over and, and again, he's got like, this guy's got money, you know. He's got some of his friends over. He's embarrassed at this point. So he stumbles over to us. It's getting pretty jolly. Um, we, we, we put the swords down. We move on. Comes to me as I'm leaving school, goes, hey, I just want to know if any of you guys were looking for jobs. Yeah. Me? Yeah, matter of fact. Uh, so I picked up a job with, uh, with him running three mattress stores. Really? Yeah, I was a mattress regional manager for Mattress Outlet. Oh, that's and cool. Yeah, it was what's bad. Yeah. Got more sales. Yeah. So um, you did that for a few years? Or? Yeah, a few years there. Uh, was breeding dogs, running mattresses. Um, from there, I got into the kind of the bar gig. You know, found a home in the bar, bar scene for a little bit. And that was good, really good. Uh, and then I got into more sales, which uh, with Crown Royal and Southern Wine and Spirits and Diageo. I was a off-premise rep, so I got to go around to all the bars, restaurants, and peddle liquor. Yeah. So not a bad gig there, you yeah. know. And so uh, how, how old are you at this point? Uh, right there, I'm at 20, 22, 23, moving into that space. Okay. Yeah. And you did that for a few years? Yeah, I was there for about three years. So at the end of that, you're now 25. Yep, 25. Lost as lost as they get, man. Yeah. So at that point, you were, you were like, man, I have no idea what I want to do for None. the long haul. None. Yeah. Um, I did get into uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai. During that. Yeah, that during time. that time, I needed an outlet, right? Yeah, I needed an outlet. Knew I needed to get some something physical out. Uh, so I, I signed up at the gym down the road. Uh, Lynx Academy of Martial Arts. Had no idea what I was getting myself into. Just said, you know, whatever, we'll do it. There's a lot of uh, damn net guys there, wasn't there? It is. Yeah. There is. And I didn't, that's what, it, this is how the whole thing yeah. leads to where I'm sitting right, right. now. Yeah, it's how, how I got here. Yeah. Um, started training first, got proficient, started competing. Um, loved getting punched in the face. So started competing a little bit and then started uh, teaching. And I was a uh, I like teaching the kids. There was a lot of reward there, a lot of um, passion in them, you know. Uh, the adults were great. I did a lot of interest for the adults, but the kids were something where I could I could take it and see that improvement every single day. And it was very fulfilling for me. So I was like, ooh, I might have found something here. Well, the journey, the road keeps going. We opened up another store, uh, another academy closer to Damn Neck. Um, and now the clientele is a little bit different, right? getting these high level individuals right that are coming in but at the time i had no idea wasn't reading about it didn't really wasn't into it knew that the owner of the academy i was at was a plank owner for seal team six um awesome martial artist dude will kill you with a cotton ball and he looked at me and was just like hey we're gonna move to this space i want you to do the kids program help out with dan and the other guys and and build it up um and that happened for a while and then i started realizing who i was teaching and these people were different 
Uh, they just carried themselves differently. Um, they had a confidence about them, spoke very well. Um, they wanted the best all the time and they demanded that from their kids. So their kids were dialed in, man. I mean, there was no BSing on the mat. These kids were dialed in, they were there to work and they did. Uh, so then it started intriguing me and I really started, to, the light bulb started coming like, hey, so what do you do? And their dads were coming in to train, like you just said, and they had a contract and come and use the gym. And they were looking at me like the subject matter expert because, you know, hey, can you hold pads for me? Can you show me a little bit better on this kick or this technique? You know, no, no problem. And I start digging into who these folks are and realizing, hey, man, these, is like, these, are, the, these are the guys, like yeah. the guys that you're training. And I'm okay, cool. Um, we get into that. I, I stayed at Lynx for a while. That was home. That was a good place for me. Um, and then extortion happened. And did you know any of those guys? Oh, man kids yeah worse than that yeah you know what i mean like it was their kids so i think that happened on a friday and uh, the parents all the moms brought the kids in for saturday saturday's an early morning at the gym it's 6 a.m that's an early saturday you could tell i mean we all knew what just happened the owner you know hey you're keeping them all day get a bounce house birthday party whatever you got to do but they're gonna need some time and when i saw this collective group of warrior you know yeah. of women figuring out the next step of their lives I just, you know, something came to me and said that was, yeah. And it wasn't a revenge, go get back for the boys. A little bit of that, obviously. But it was right then and there I'd made the decision that uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to go for it. Yeah. And we're going to do, do it. And then I had the luxury of having, again, the guys kind of say, hey, man, you might be a good candidate in the unlikely event. Yeah. You know, that, start, yeah. that, that started, you know, yeah. at that point in the unlikely event that you make it. So, yeah. Uh, did they give you any tutelage uh, training-wise, prep-wise? I was kind of weird about it. I was like, I didn't want to know all the answers because then the anxiety goes through the roof, right? I kind of want the unknown a little bit. But I did have one gentleman um, who just, when I say he poured into me, he poured into me. Um, been there, done it, uh, former instructor, so he knew the standards pretty well. I mean, he took time out of his day, getting the pool, you know, kind of checking boxes. Yeah. To make sure that okay you're, you're tight man you're tight there but let's go check this spot out you know okay you can swim got it but can you do this so he really started poking at kind of my deficiencies before i started training and uh, i can't thank him enough for that because uh he really really opened up the floodgates to me as far as being able to be confident with my abilities once i did get there yeah. um so yeah uh how long from when extortion happened until you actually joined and great question because it was a while yeah because I, I backed myself up so uh started running swimming doing my thing okay cool PSTing, great four days before i leave for boot camp four days we're in richmond we are doing some kickboxing training there's a fighter down there who's getting ready for the k1 tournament i believe it was i forget his name francis umbang i believe he was a french kickboxer so he's down there getting ready for the fight me max Seminzer, and uh, FCJ, Frank Cucci Jr. go down there and we're just going to do some sparring rounds. Nothing crazy. <sighs> I end up snapping my radius, checking a kick. No way. I'm talking. Yeah. Just, I went to just, and, just, and I heard it and I was like, fuck, no way. Yeah. Have you had any injuries like that? Nothing, Nothing, man. I was, I dislocated my elbow actually. Yeah. Off a four wheeler, but that was minor. Yeah. This was like, oh no. I threw a jab and I hear the bones. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done, man. Like, I got to, I got to. So that was plates, screws. And I was at that point. Now we're getting a little older, right? You know, the cutoff for the age is coming up. And 
call a recruiter. Hey, man, I ain't going to make it on Tuesday. Probably not going to make it for the next six months. He goes, no, man, that's a year minimum. Okay. So you injured your forearm or your shin? Yeah, forearm. Oh, forearm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it was a high kick. I went okay. to check that kick, and it man. just, whew. That's fucking brutal. So they made you wait a year. Well, I had to recover. I had to get yeah. surgery, I'm, you know, and I'm freaking out. I'm already old. So uh, doing what I can with a cast on my arm and uh, get the cast off. They start letting me PST again. Now we got to get waivers because we're going to reach the age limit. Needed waivers for the charges that I had in college. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, well, you guys shouldn't be looking for, you know, choir boys, right? Like yeah. little, little edgy dude, you know, yeah. it should be fine. So, yeah. Man. Um, so a year takes place. Was it yeah. longer than that? Yeah, it was, a, it was about a year and some change. Earn the contract back, but then you get into the medical portion of it. So I was fearing the dive medical metal in my arm out you know i don't know i saw dudes that were farting the wrong way were getting kicked out of boot yeah. camp you know yeah. what i mean yeah. it was like golly man yeah so I, I was freaking out all the way through um got the contract uh you know pull up numbers went down a little bit but was able to to make yeah. it happen at that point was uh did it bother you or, or has it since oh yeah it's always yeah it's there really? oh yeah it's there especially when you're um i remember carrying the boats was a thing grip strength was the issue yeah. um so a lot of tape um but for the most part, it was it's weird stuff. Like nothing can touch that part. That's metal. It's weird. It'll shut down. But mm. yeah, through training, it was definitely something I had to at least deal with. Yeah, but yeah. everyone's dealing with something there. Yeah. So, all right. So you show up. I mean, you're 27, 28. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're right on the limit of. Oh yeah. yeah. I was going to boot camp as a fucking 28 year old. <sighs> that was the hardest part of training. Yeah. I won't lie to you, man. That yeah. absolutely was um, uh, one of the most mentally challenging parts. I wasn't ready to be a leader at that time. Really? I'll be frank. I was selfish. Yeah, even, I was, even with all of the kids' yeah. classes and kind of, I mean, because that's, that's a pretty crazy. mentorship kind of it role. It is. I was, leadership. Still, I was fighting some of my own dragons and demons, right? Yeah. Um, got there. I was super focused on some things, and uh, yeah, I just, I just wasn't ready. And then they made me the leader, yeah. right? You're, you're, the, old you're, you're the old guy. You're, you know, you're running this thing. So I'm marching in line, yelling at everybody and teaching kids how to stamp their underwear and fold their clothes. <laughs> and, you know, the, 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 the manny came out in me. And, and that's when it, that's when it turned. Yeah. You know, that's when I was like, okay, Chris, like you should probably pour into these guys because yeah. who know who knows where you might end up yeah. with these guys. So, um, and sure enough, you know, there were a couple that, you know, to this day talked to you very close to, we made it all the way through. But, so yeah. this was, um, seal prep wise like your entire boot camp division were yeah candidates. so yep so they do eight well they did at that time it's changed it's evolved but they did 800 divisions so you get yeah. you know seal swig divers they kind of jam them together okay. and even and when i was going through they gave you a couple of days a week to go down and hit the pool and run a little bit so you wouldn't just atrophy to nothing before you checked in at the center so yeah, yeah i mean we didn't have that you know, when i came in in 96 yeah i mean i, I got in considerably worse shape right. in, in boot camp between right. just crappy food yep bad bad you know little no sleep and and uh not anywhere near from a volume standpoint what i was working out at yeah, right. it was bad bad news but um all right so you get to kind of sort through the leadership uh, struggles there yeah. and, and then ultimately from there did you go to the great lakes prep course thing or i did i did so uh, paid athlete essentially for about eight weeks. So you get out of the boot camp, you drive across the street, you're feeling yourself, you're getting your hair back, you get a little bit of a freedom, get some liberty. And that prep course is a double-edged sword for a lot of guys because you're coming out of boot camp where, again, like you just said, you atch feet a little bit, right? You're not really getting the volume. And you get to the prep course and it's 
boom, full yeah. in. Um, running, 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 running. So this is where guys' leg, guys' legs just started giving out on them at this point. Yeah. A little bit too, for some guys it was too much. Um, and if you got stuck in that little land of over there with an injury, it was tough to get out, man. Yeah. I mean, I remember it was tough to get out of that place. Um, so double-edged sword, yes, you got back in shape, but almost you had a chance to break yourself too before you even checked into the big game. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Did you uh, fare okay injury-wise? Yeah, so far, yeah, everything held up pretty well. Um, I ch- I lost a lot of skin like everybody else during during Hell Week, um, but nothing crazy. I just mean in the, yeah. in the prep. Course. Oh yeah, oh yeah, nothing crazy. No I was injury. Yeah, 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 I kept pretty limber. And then you show up to buds. Um, from what you expected versus what it was actually like, was there a huge disparity, or was it about how you thought? About how I thought, man. If I'm being honest with you, um, we were a summer class. Um, you get there, you check in, you got three more weeks of in doc. Um, and then once you, once you phase up and you get going, it was, it was full Benny. Yeah. yeah it was full Benny. It's what, it, it was what the brochure said yeah. to say the least. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you make it all the way through with your original class? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, I wasn't, uh, yeah, that would have sucked at yeah. what, 30 now? Yeah. yeah no shit. <laughs> Retread. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, were there any, um, I guess portions of, of buds that, from a performance-wise standpoint that you struggled with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think if you didn't struggle with something, right, were you really there? I struggled a lot with um, some of the diving stuff for some reason. Not water comp, see pool comp was all good, um, but just uh, some, of the, some, of the, some of the diving was just didn't click for me uh, right off the bat. Uh, first phase as far as physical, um, evolutions that really sucked obviously duck walking up a hill with a boat in your head pretty yeah. much impossible but yeah. you know we gave it our all um and then the two mile repeats in hell week that yeah. crushed me man yeah yeah it crushed me so yeah. that was that was a close call for me actually on that one yeah yeah um what was the the most memorable part of buds for you for, like if you look back fondly from almost like a nostalgia standpoint what what stands out mm. From Buds, what stands out the most is really the bonds that I, I got to, re, you know, create there at Forge. Yeah. Um, coming from a place where that sense of family was super important to me, and I necessarily didn't get that full effect of that growing up, um, I started picking guys, and guys started picking me to go make a new family. Yeah. And that was really cool. And I would say the one thing that sticks out the most is Buds of competition. You're not going to like everybody there. just the way it is. And there was another another candidate there, and him and I, we had some rub. And for the right reason, we're competitive. Um, this was kind of unheard of in our in our 309 classes. We sat down, and we hashed the shit out. Really? I don't like you. You don't like me. We know that. How are we going to move forward? We have to move forward. And that conversation with this individual has made us probably – Really, really close. I won't say best friends because of proximity, right? But really close, man. Really? And to have that heart-to-heart conversation, that hard talk with another candidate um, and it not get physical, I thought that was really something I wanted to cherish there because we, we were all growing as humans being as humans and as men at that yeah. point, right? Yeah. So that was really special for me, man. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. he made it through and... Oh, yeah, made it. Made, dude, every time I see this guy, it is, oh, yeah. what's up? And then we say, hey, you remember that time we were about to kill each other? I remember that time we were about to kill each other. Yeah. Uh, at what point in training were you when you sat down? Right there in second phase. Second phase. Wet, smelly, nasty. I yeah. think it was dive hell week, man. Yeah. We were sleeping in the in the dive logger. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's wild. Um, all right, so you make it through with that class. Anything else happened during Buds that stands out? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened? Oh, yeah. So, well, not Buds, but SQT. Okay. Okay. So we are, uh, we got, you know, you change your officers out. You, you, you lose your class as officers. They got to do their little officer thing with pens and paper and all that stuff. And then you get the officers from the class below you. And that group of officers was solid, man. They, um, a good mix of OCS and Academy guys. They, they meshed really well, had a great relationship with each other, and they were good leaders as well. Yours or the new ones? The new ones okay. that we picked up. Yeah. So SQT, we're going through, we're in jump school. And uh, we noticed that all, not all the guys are there. And uh, we are looking around for some individuals, and we're starting to notice, like, hey, man, okay, all officers that we're missing. So, oh, I see gets in right. I'm like, well, someone must have ordered the cake, right? So, oh, so we're like, what's going on here? Our OIC at the time gets in front of us, like, hey, boys. And he, he's, I mean, pale white. I'm like, oh, shit, man. Like, what happened? Some guys took off in a, in a uh, Cessna to uh, Vegas. <laughs> um, so you're going through jump school down at Brownfield? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, down in, you know, they, they flew one of the officers had his own plane jesus flew some of the boys well i guess you know weight's a thing on those and you got some big dudes getting on that plane on a hot day yeah she might not stay up and that's what happened really had a legit plane crash no way absolutely man uh i think it was like four or five maybe six whatever maybe they could fit in the plane and to the pilot's credit um, you know, gained altitude, swooped that thing down as soft as landing as possible. Bird goes on fire. Some guys get burned pretty bad, but everyone survives. Um, and I just was just, dude, that's nuts. Dude. So we're like, so what's going to happen to these guys? Like, yeah. you know, so one guy was already checked into a team. He's a hero. He's getting medals. <laughs> you know, he's smiling. All the SQT students, bro, you guys aren't, you guys can't walk in graduation. You're not getting wow. pinned. And I was just like, oh no. So, they worked it out. They, they're not going to lose five good officers they just spent all that money on. So they definitely, you know, got them, got them their pins and graduated, but they, they weren't at graduation. So that was wow. really tough for those guys, man. Oh, I know man. it was really tough for those guys. But what a crazy story, right, to That's crash wild. the Cessna. And, uh, yeah. and okay, and this is this pilot's, this is not his first plane crash. Really? Correct. Man, I'd maybe, maybe not hang it be up. In the, yeah. <laughs> I might want to not fly. Man, that's wild. Yeah, so that was uh, good. Did the, the injuries that those guys sustained weren't? Uh, career ending obviously no, well, I, the one guy uh, that had already been checked into the team he, he got burned up pretty bad because he was trying to get everybody out of the door and he, you know that door was right by the the wing so the fire was there and he, he got some pretty good burns yeah. a couple other guys got burned up but um nothing serious they're fine now did you get the story of like where they crashed and i mean it was out in the middle of nowhere that pretty much a while or? um i think it was like they went to take off this isn't going to work guys oh, okay so we're going to bring this thing back down yeah, so, uh, so it's it it pretty close yeah. yeah yeah that's crazy um so you make it through the rest of SQT without any any other things like that happening. Yeah, nothing too crazy. I have to ask, uh, you got pinned at SQT, right? Right. right. Yeah, maybe you know where I'm going, maybe not. Uh-huh. Maybe you don't. I don't know. We'll see. Um, did they fucking give you the, uh, the the pound in or or was did they did they rob you of that? They it didn't happen at the graduation. Yeah. It did happen at the platoon level. Once you showed up? Correct. Oh, okay. Because you know, traditions, you check into the team, you haven't shown us anything yet. So, so did they kind of make you earn it? Or, Absolutely. Or so Absolutely. did they take it and say, we'll let you wear it when, yeah, if you got to yeah. wear your blues or something like that, but yeah. we're going to get through workup. 
we're going to make sure you're, you know, you're supposed to be here and, uh, and you'll, you'll earn these back through oh, your, cool. uh, yeah, I thought that was the right way to get it done. Yeah. Um, and not everyone necessarily, uh, you might get your bird back. You might not get your patch. It just kind of depends on performance and, and where you're at. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we definitely, and we had to wait and wait and wait. So I didn't get my pound in until I was actually on deployment. Really? I didn't get blood pen until I was on deployment. Yeah. Oh. You know, that's funny. Well, not funny. I mean, to me, the the fact that it, what it should tell leadership, and we talked a little bit about this last night, but to me, like, that's a, a clear-cut example of a, a policy that gets put in place by people um, that are so far removed from the actual job itself uh, to where they're too disconnected to be making those kind of decisions. And the fact that a platoon or even an entire SEAL team modifies how they do things to combat a shitty policy if i if i'm in the leadership role i'm gonna say okay that was the wrong call by us then if if the platoon is having to fix what we changed and it's a problem right you know having said that i think that's a neat way to do it even though i I still would prefer just because it's such a coveted insignia absolutely and, and such a special moment that Getting it and then getting it taken back and then and then given again, I, I think kind of cheapens it a, a little bit maybe. Whereas you know, not getting it at an SQT, showing up at a team, being on probation, having to go in front of a chief's board, all that stuff, and then you finally get it in front of the command, in front of the boys officially, and that's the first time you actually get to hold it and wear it. Like that's a pretty special moment. It's powerful. And and I think I, I think that you know having it awarded at SQT that way robs guys of that you know uh, I, I really do but anyway uh still still neat that they you know do it the way that they do it i guess but um when you got into the platoon um did you feel like you integrated pretty seamlessly or or um were there any any issues within your platoon i was fortunate that my first platoon was too good hmm. um it was just too good and we were told that as soon as we got there like Hey, what we're about to do probably won't ever happen again in your career. This is special, so stand by. And we had no idea what they were, what they were talking about, right? Um, also super unique, at least at the time, we only had four new guys in our platoon to include myself. Yeah. Um, when I left, it was half and half, you know what I mean? So it was a tight-knit group of four dudes. The two, We had an 18-year-old, myself, who had just been 30, and another 30-year-old who just checked in, and then our J.O. Um, so as far as integration, it was pretty seamless because there were so few of us, Yeah. right? And when I say the platoon was too good, man, everybody was there to work. Didn't matter if you had done 10 runs or if you had done one run. You're loading the bottom of the plane, you're cleaning the low bays. There was no, everyone's there to, for the same mission to complete the same thing. And that was super just unique at the time, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, transitioning was good. They, they, they gave us great schools. It wasn't, oh, you're a new guy, you can't go to this. They wanted you to be as proficient as you could be yeah and they poured into us which was awesome did you get um uh, some pretty good deal schools oh man the first one was uh, i had no idea what it was hey man you're going to vegas for what lead climber sweet never climbed before <laughs> at the time i'm like 225 yeah. like shouldn't be up on a <laughs> you know so i'm yeah. like sweet so and what? then i and then i got rally school right after that man that's that's some bullshit yeah, that's awesome uh, what who uh what company taught the lead climbing school can you say I think that was trade up. Oh, really? Yeah, they got some guys that were. School. Yeah, they got some guys that were really, really oh, good okay. climbers, and they got called up. And yeah, that's cool. Uh, rally school, the same thing, or did they? No, that was same? civilian. Where did they? That's up it? in that's O'Neill Rally School, I believe, up in New Hampshire. I think. Wow. Yeah, it's a little bit of snow up there. You get to drive. I mean, any platform you want. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What did you get to drive? 
Uh, so you got to drive everything from like an old 86 rear wheel drive BMW to Ford Focuses front wheel drive and learn how to make that thing move. And then you get the WRXs, you'll get the old Audis, Quattros, I mean, Jeeps really give you a good lineup of vehicles yeah. to, to beat up and try what, out. Was the STI your favorite? No. Really? Audi Quattro. Really? STI, it, 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 it's, first of all, it's four wheel drive, which is fine, but it was a lot of help like we talked about on the bikes earlier yeah. it had some help and too, the, too many driver aids correct yeah. and, and they wanted most of those off they want you to feel the car get out of control um but the bmw rear wheel drives man you can get crazy in those yeah. and the old audi um i think a4s or quattros were worth the money yeah yeah what uh what was kind of the overall premise like when you showed up did they communicate here's what we're trying to teach you how to do i mean was it was it more off-road stuff, or what was the, the gist? Oh, when we got to that course? Yeah. It was how the vehicles work, the difference between four-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, um, trail braking, how to drive a car efficiently in rough terrain, how to how to vehicle preservation, obviously, was a big one for us. Um, but they did. They said, hey, we're going to get you to get around this course on ice. You know, you're going to be crashing into berms day one. By the end of the week, you guys should be, you know, slipping through here pretty easily. And, uh, and they did, man. They ran a solid course. And the amount of, of information that I retained as far as why vehicles act the way they act in certain conditions, what that difference is between different drivetrains and how I can leverage them to my advantage, yeah, it was solid, man. Would you say that it was applicable, What you, the knowledge you gained from there on deployment? Like, Absolutely. Because yeah, um, awesome. we drove a lot. I yeah. mean, everything was driving. Yeah, tons of mobility. Yep. Uh, how long was that workup? <sighs> I mean, it's a... Six month pro dev, six month ULT, six month T jet, and then a six month of two years. Wow! So it's two that was years. Like my first uh, yeah. first deployment, two years. That's so you're gonna work, yeah, eight, eighteen months, and then you get to go to the show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our my first workup was twenty two months in, until we deployed because it was a it was a ARG Alpha. You know, and we were on a ship. So. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, so it was like eighteen months of workup like that, right. and then almost six months of fleet exercises on a bunch of different ships, and then we deployed. It was a, wow. it was a ball breaker. But um, so, what was the the special uh, thing that's probably never going to happen again? Was it was it because there were only four new guys, or was there more to it than that? From the top down, I mean, we had a rock star. Okay. Just like the, mean, the caliber, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. I yeah. mean, our 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 troop chief. Um, he actually helped put me through buds. We both checked in at ten at the same time. Um, he he would never tell you to do something if he wasn't going to do himself. Every dive, every jump, every hit, um, and that bled down. And he was also you know working his way back to the command as well. So we had that guy in our troop at the highest level of our community, really pouring into us. And then the OIC was absolutely amazing gave us freedom of movement was one of the boys understood the mission and what we needed to get done and that trickled down to the troop chiefs and the and OI, or the uh, platoon chiefs and oics yeah. and then from there it was just you know each platoon had their hitters um our oic in the platoon was an absolute genius he understood how to get it done his leadership was beyond reproach and everyone underneath of him would do anything for him yeah and so it was an easy plug and play mission for us to get in there and just add value that's yeah. all we wanted to do yeah to me that's uh that's great to hear i mean that's how it's supposed to be yep. you know and that was in 2014 and yeah, uh, 15 as i said it was they said it, it'll never you're never gonna get yeah. one like this again man well not with that attitude well yeah. that's all right <laughs> Shit, you should you should try to get that every time yeah. oh man yeah. you're right you're right um, Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. That's again, it's encouraging to hear because I mean, that yep. wasn't that long ago, no. you know. Um, There's still hope, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, all right, so 18 month workup, then you end up deploying, you go to, to West Africa, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, where can you say where, where in West Africa? Yeah, I think we pulled out everything over there, man. We pulled out everywhere. So we were in, started in Cameroon, uh, and Cameroon backs right up to Niger, and uh, we were fl- flirting at. That line right there, uh, depending on which map you looked at, you might get an extra 10 clicks into actually another country, and that's the map we use, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so that, it, was, it was a good one. And, and, and I was actually calling, doing my, my, some calls recently, and just telling guys from that deployment how grateful I was because I never once felt in danger, never once felt we were out of position or in a bad place. Like, we were good to go, man. And we weren't doing anything with anything. We had nothing there. We had yeah. three broken Humvees and a bunch of light-skinned uh, Land Cruisers. Yeah. And we, we made it happen. Before you left, what was communicated to you guys as to where you were going and why? Or that can't you can't get into No, that. I can. It's just funny you ask that because it's funny because y- you get told one thing. Yeah. And hey, we're going there to go um, ISIS West Africa. Who? Yeah. ISIS who? Okay. They got I, I We're there. Got it. Um, so that was what we, you know, hey, there's insurgency there. We're going to eliminate and um, liberate the people, right? Like, make sure it's safe. Uh, but when you get into country and you start seeing things and peeling back the onion, you're like, ah, oh, I see why we're really here. Um, you know, we would get out in the, in, you know, on mission, and these are multi-day. This wasn't like we went out. It wasn't like you went out and came back to the file. This is two, three weeks out in the bush with partner force crown kittens, making sure they're where they need to be. How, what did you think of those guys? We trained them and I'm from partner force, the Cameroonian special forces, solid bro. Yeah. Cobra solid, man. They wanted to be there. They cared about the mission. They cared about their country to the point that we were like, okay, like we feel really good about stepping off with these dudes. We're not going to get in between them, but yeah. we still, we feel really good about what, what we're bringing. And uh, that was also really rewarding as well. Cause fit is not a sexy deployment to teach other guys to go do your job. Yeah. That sucks, man. Uh, but we, we took a lot of pride in those guys, and yeah. they took a lot of pride in the mission, so it was really cool. Yep. Um, so in, in terms of what you were told and then, Yo, like, yeah. okay, now I see why you're here, what, what was the real reason that you gathered? Um, China had built all the infrastructure and got shot off target. Really? Oh, yeah. So that, That's something you don't hear about much. Right. We were sitting at, like, little outstations that we had. And I'm like, brand new road in the middle of nowhere. Like, Drainage ditches, concrete, metal bars, pipe, like first world stuff. Infrastructure. Right. Yeah. How'd that get here? Okay. So now we're going to go sit at an old refinery and I'm looking down at all the vehicles and it's the new Ford Rangers that just came to America, but they've got Chinese flags on the roofs. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, ah, I'm starting to put it all together now. Okay. I'm starting to put it all together. And uh, that was kind of eye opening to me. So do some more research and there's an oil pipeline that we're sitting on. So that's what we're here for, right? That's really what we're here for. We're here to defend that. And, but that's, you know, a clear mission. I understand that. We can, we, I, I can buy into that. That's fine. Um, but just to see who had been there now, who, you know, it's just moving the risk pieces across the board is what I started to, to yeah. connect the dots with. So ultimately, 
there was a Chinese presence there, and they got their ass handed to them. Oh yeah, they got kidnapped. They, uh, oh oh really? Oh yeah, they got slaughtered, man. Wow, I'm surprised yeah. you don't like. So to me, like here's a kind of a a really shit or get off the pot moment for China in that you know they're they're starting to encounter because of all of their globalism from a from an economic standpoint they're starting to encounter a lot of the things that America's been dealing with for decades. Right. I don't see them doing much about it. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like, like they're it, not sending troops anywhere. They're not nope. throwing aircraft carriers off the coast of wherever. They're not. There's no show of force. There's no retaliation. Like they're just letting it happen. That seems weird to me. Very weird. But there's got to be a why. Did you guys talk about that at all? We didn't. We didn't speak much about that. We just all kind of. Did you talk about the Chinese component? Oh yeah. And what, oh, yeah. what was the platoon's take, or the was pl- it they? They were. The platoon stake was basically like they were here, now we're here, and we're going to maintain this, and we're yeah. going to keep this. Yeah. Um, Did we, anybody? Sorry. Go no, ahead. we they just did, we just wanted to be placeholders there, so that someone else couldn't move in. And and every everybody on the platoon side was was good with that. Yeah, man, these guys were super dialed in on what the task at hand was, and in uh, the task at hand was to train the partner force so they can when we leave they can they can do this job themselves. Yeah. That 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 was the mission, right? That's what we're being. That's okay. the mission. Yeah. So, yeah. Everyone was okay with that and kept that in the front sight. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's my age. It probably is because I know, you know, I, I was active from 18 to 30, yep. you know, and uh, the way I thought about things, what we were doing, why we were doing them, very naive, you know, very, right. oh, that's what we're supposed to do. It must right. be the right fucking thing. You know, I didn't question anything really. Yeah. I mean, not a lot, like right, I, right. maybe, maybe a little scratch of the chin here or there, but but I didn't really think that hard about, about most things. I also admittedly then didn't pay uh, anywhere near as much attention to politics and, and political issues as I do now. Not that I'm a, a junkie by any means, cause I'm not. However, look, hearing you des- describe what you were told and then now why you're there, if it's me and I'm in that position, like my first question would be to the OIC be like, why did you tell us that we were coming here to combat ISIS, you know, Africa when we're fucking with a Chinese pipeline? Right. Like, is our life worth that? Like, and why did you tell us the wrong thing? Like that, that'd That's, be my first question. Right. And, uh, and I found myself in that position asking why and why did it get me in trouble a little bit sometimes because yeah. I was older because I did kind of, I wasn't looking through the paper towel tubes as deep. And I always did ask why, and we were told to ask why, not in a challenging manner, but just so I can understand that way I can execute. Yeah. Um, did they ever give you any? No, other than the fact that this is what we're doing, yeah. and it wasn't. It wasn't the definitely wasn't the platoon OIC at that point. I mean, he he was straight up with us and what the deal was. Our yeah. platoon was straight up. Yeah. To me, I, you know, again, like I'm at an age now where I, I'm a fair bit older than, I mean, how old was your OIC at the time? Do you remember? Uh, me and him probably about the same age, but I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. So about 30, 31. Yeah. So I'm quite a bit older than any of your guys that were there. Right. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm at an age now where I'd be like a senior warrant or a, yep. you know, I'd be at the Pentagon advising people, you know, whatever, which is creepy to think about, frankly, like it, it's kind of depressing to think about. But, but when I look at that, I'd be like, okay, well, that's not the right answer. Like, who do I need to ask about? Like, why aren't you asking who told you? Right. You know, like I, I would, I would say that to my, my OIC. I'd be like, who's your boss? Did right. you ask him why, why they bullshitted us? 
Right. And if, and if he gives you the same answer you're giving me, ask his boss, like right, right. A- ask until you get somebody that, that has the answer or is at least going to tell you to go fuck yourself. I, I respect that too. You know, you I mean, know, like, I respect that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, I, I don't know how you not, how you, how you don't do that in that position. Like where I'm at now, there's no way I'm not letting that, right. or there's no way I'm letting that go. You're not going to tell me as the guy underneath you boots on the ground that, Hey, this is why you're there. You're going to say that Chris, this is why you're here. Yeah. Really? This yeah. is, this is, this is what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Like here, here's the reality. Like, yep. And, and because to me, like that's at least face value, you yep. know? And, yep. and, and if, and if you're not okay with that, Hey, no problem. Like each, each guy is his own man and can make his own decisions. If you decide I'm not fucking doing that, then, then whatever. Uh, but you made a commitment to fucking serve for X amount of time, and this is what we're telling you to do. You don't have to agree with it. But you, to, yeah, to me, like that's the way better way to approach grown fucking men who you trust, you know, millions of dollars of equipment with. You know, tr- trust them with the real reason why they're there, and don't feed them some line of bullshit. You absolutely. Know? I mean, I, like to me, that's a huge flaw in, in our military. I think. Um, anyway. Throughout that entire deployment, were there any uh, close calls with any um, adversarial forces, or, or was it pretty quiet? We were on point. It was exactly what the brochure said on this one. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was at night. No one knew we were there. We got in, got out. By the time we are down the mountain getting back to the VIX, you heard the warning shots. They just found their guys. So really? it was, it, yeah, it was. Dude, all right. Well, it was, what do you got? It was. Uh, we are we're hiking up some pretty steep mountains to get to where we need to go. Uh, we've done the trip a few times, recce it, you know, made sure hey we've got our ducks in a row. We're gonna go execute. So it's like a seven hour drive and razors and broken, and we couldn't get up there in the, in the Humvees because they're just too wide. Uh, so we get up the mountain. Uh, we're we needed the, some sort of Kazovac because we're getting up mountains. So we're like, hey, we'll use the razors. And I'm like, how are you gonna get up terraced mountains with the razors? I'm the engineering rep, so I'm trying to sort this out for us, right? So we make bridges. Really? To, to get the razors up and down, I'm like, man, out of what? Oh, wood, metal, whatever we could find. Right? Yeah, man, we just had to get up these these terraces because they they form on the mountain. So we we we, we take off, we're going, and uh, we just get set up beautifully. We know the villa targets down in the valley. We've got some overhead. They're saying, hey, there's you know some guys about 700 meters off that way. We've got, I mean, an Overwatch times two. We've got guys down there. We're set up beautifully, man. Um, and I mean, nothing but three, two, one, execute, 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 man. And it, and it fired off. So we, we initiated that. We had guys, uh, I think the, uh, the assault force, they knew, I mean, everyone was asleep, had no idea we were there. And they got all their shots off before anybody could even make a move. One guy squirted, eliminated. Uh, the guys that were, you know, off to the distance, basically their overwatch. We got the privilege of using our weapons in a useful manner. So automatic gunfire, heavy gunfire, rockets, as many as we can get out. Uh, spreading a whole lot of hate at that time. Uh, and it just felt right and it felt good. Yeah. I mean, that's um, like classic DA. It's hundred percent, man. It went flawlessly. The walk there sucked, but man, everyone was smiling on the way down that yeah. mountain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it was super just satisfying to know we did it. Uh, we were successful and, uh, it went off without any contingencies having to be activated. Yeah. Wow. Do, do you, can you say who the target was? Yeah. So we were again, ISIS West Africa. So these guys were ISIS, a chapter of ISIS that were embedded in the, right there on the border of Niger and Cameroon. Okay. Um, so the same folks that unfortunately, um, got the army guys, yeah. uh, as we were leaving, actually, we were just think a month out of country when that incident took place. Um, so same same group of individuals is what we were hunting down their faction again was a little sm- uh, smaller in the mountain passes where we were at 
Um, and we just absolutely got the gut crush, which wow. was cool. So I guess let me take a step back on yep. myself here. In, in yep. that, so you you were combating ISIS guys there. Absolutely. But that wasn't the only thing you were doing. No. no or no. or I guess would you say, could you pinpoint that that was the primary thing that you were doing? Or or was it like? It was absolutely, it was absolutely the, the primary thing we were doing was training the partner force. Okay. And you have to remember now, this is the time where these three letters mean everything to a Navy SEAL, a triple A. Advise, assist, and that last A is the most important, a company. Yeah. We can advise you from the fucking jock. Yeah. We can assist you by giving you vehicles and weapons. But if we can't go with you, it's hard, it, it's hard to get the boys behind that one, right? So yeah. we were blessed with that AAA mission. We got the, that third okay. A. So we could assist and go with the partner force. Um, that's what gave us the ability to go do work. Okay. Um, well, I need to stand myself the fuck down for a second. <laughs> then. And the, like I, I was under the impression that the only reason that you were there was fucking guarding no, the pipeline. So no, that's my no. bad. No, no, no problem at all. Again, yeah. it was, again, it, it was a, it was sold as a FID mission. I gotcha. And then we had worked our way into, Hey, we can go yeah. with these guys. And then yeah. as we get on target, we're like, oh, a lot of infrastructure yeah. in, yeah. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. All right. So on this raid, um, you were a heavy gunner. Right? I was, uh, did you guys initiate with a Gustav? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Couple of them. Couple of them. Do you remember what the rounds were? Yes, I do. What were so they? So our rocket man, um, great individual, uh, absolutely hilarious man. Uh, he was all about having you know dial on that 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 <laughs> round in laser yeah. time, really yeah. getting this and that. He's like, I don't want to hit him. I want it to explode over him. Yeah. I want it to just rain down. Just and I'm like, yeah, because that way they're not dead. Now we can get after yeah. it. Were <laughs> like, they flushette rounds or? Yes, yes. Yeah. So we so we had those and we had what else we did? We had I think an incinerary with us. Um, a couple of um, just, you know, normal rounds there for that 84 the millimeter. HEDP we had the HEDP yeah. round, yep. And then we had the, um, the uh, and it escapes my brain right now what that round is called, but you can dial in when you want it to yeah. detonate, right? Yeah. So you can laser it. Okay, we're at 700. They're behind the bunker. Let's go 710. Yeah. We'll just get behind that bunker yeah. and boom, it'll detonate. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, like that mission is like as as textbook varsity squad gold standard seal mission as exists right i felt that way yeah it felt yeah, good it I felt mean, really good that's incredible yeah. uh any sniper sniper guys on the element or was it so uh, our snipers were the guys that were down there in the valley those guys yeah. were they, they had earned it yeah those guys had earned everything that they had gotten that mission they did the planning the route i mean they poured their hearts and souls in making that thing happen for us yeah so they got to go down there and kick that door oh that's cool yep uh do you do you know how many guys were on target I think they came back with six KII. Yeah. And uh, was that everybody? Did you get everybody? Well, that's six that was down there. And then the other fools, we couldn't. I mean, that was, f they counted five on the rocks that were their overwatch and they were completely gone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah that's that's really cool. I mean, that's like, again, textbook, direct direct action. And, and, and at the time, it was hard to get, it's, it was yeah. really hard to get something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Did you guys do any uh, SSE? Yeah. You go on target afterwards. Absolutely. Find anything uh, obscure or that stood out as being like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. We were finding like M16 parts from like, I mean, they were nice too, like chromed out on target. They weren't full guns or weapon systems. They were just pieces of them. But to find an American mate in the middle of nowhere, man, yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, a lot of handmade stuff, obviously. You're dealing with tribal people. Um, like what? Weapons wise? Yeah, or weapons, yeah, knives. They were, I mean, they had muskets that they had fashioned themselves for the most part. Um, they had AKs that were in workable condition, I would say. And enough rounds that if they were, they would have put up some sort of fight. 
Were the rounds uh, Chinese, Russian? Did, could you tell? I didn't know that. That I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm willing to bet you. Yeah. Given what, given what we've seen already in country, it's probably going to be a Chinese. Yeah. Uh, living conditions quarters wise, what was that like there? Um, a treehouse. Really? That's what, that's what we called it. It was pretty cool, man. Our camp was, um, you know. I mean, I'm sorry for the 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 target. Oh, the, they're oh mud huts, yeah. mud huts, mud hut straw roofs. Um, you know, super tribal, very small village. Um, metal, some metal buildings, but just flimsy metal, nothing crazy. You could kick most things over, yeah. you know. Did you get a sense for, in terms of how it was set up, uh, kind of what they were doing? Was it just like an outpost? Yeah, absolutely. It was an outpost. We knew that they were, that was, it wasn't stronghold. We just knew that it was, it was their first outpost before you, you went over the border. Okay. So it was the first step to get into this year, I think, at that point. Yeah. So okay. you, you get through that valley, you go up the hill, and you're, you're in it. Yeah. You're in, in it. Um, anything else personal effects wise, currency, like did anything stand out as, as you being surprised that you, that you were finding it there? Or was it all just? Uh, I mean, it was my first one, so I was surprised about everything. I'm just yeah. just super jacked up and happy to, to have had the mission. And uh, no, there wasn't anything too crazy. Um, you know, our guys did a really good job down on the ground doing SSE. EOD was there making sure everything was good. To, everyone did their job yeah. beautifully to a T that day. Were there any uh, computers or satellite comms or anything like that? No, but a lot of cell phones. Yeah. So they, um, it's crazy. These folks water out of a hole, house made out of mud, but Tommy Hilfiger jeans and pretty nice cell phones and enough SIM cards to, to really to communicate on different levels. Yeah. So. Wow. Um, all right. So you guys go back. Everybody's high-fiving. Uh, Good the, time. The well, we had to get back, and that was a long drive in the middle of the night. We had yeah. guys swerving. <laughs> <laughs> she almost didn't make it. Yeah, it wasn't the enemy. It was driving that would have got us on that one, man. It was, yeah, boys. I mean, I remember guys just, just dry scooping C4. Oh wow! And the driver's seat just, to, just to kind of yeah. make it happen, you yeah. know what I mean? Just to yeah. stay, just to stay relevant at the behind the wheel. The all night gig, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a yeah, big yeah. plug for C four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that stuff's good. Um, they're not a sponsor, but I do like it. Um, all right, so you guys get back, and you're living in a treehouse, so or you call it? We a call it the treehouse, and I, and um, it is. There's just one huge tree in the middle of it, and there's just deck that's around it, and it's all Alaska tents or CB huts. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and we would constantly were improving our living quarters, right? You know, making it nice. Got a little rope swing in there. Just in time to leave. Just in time to leave. Or no, even better, time to retrograde. Yeah. Not only are you leaving, <laughs> but you got to pick all your shit up too. Oh, pick man. all your toys up and take yeah. them with you. Yeah. So that was, uh, it was yeah. cool. Man. Um, were there other missions like that? Or was that the kind of the... Th that was the big one for that. I know uh, they, when I say they, the platoon, I had to leave the middle. Uh, the, the deployment to go watch the birth of my son, which by mm. the way, the community got that one right, man. Oh, wow. I will say that. Yeah, that's um, cool. So pretty rare to be able to send me from the middle of nowhere, get me home in time, watch my baby boy be born, and then, and then back, go back to the action. Damn, that's really so cool. So that was, yeah, they got yeah. that one. That was, that was my platoon. Oh, I see yeah. on that one. He that's made awesome. that happen. Yeah, that's wild. So those guys did, they did, uh, they did one uh, when I was gone, and I don't know the inner outs of that one. I don't think it was as kinetic to my knowledge. I, um, but again, they, we, we'd stepped off op tempo is not what it was. So about three, four times that deployment. Yeah. All um, similar stuff. Pretty, yeah. For yeah. The most part. Without or we were wrecking the next target. Yeah. yeah. Um, on that initial uh, direct assault or direct action rather, um, could, could you, do you remember about how long the sustained initial Oh yeah, I mean, I, I gunfire was. So if we went, so I'm gonna count boxes. That's yeah. how I, you know, I'm gonna count boxes at that point. Um, I think I was 
changing to my third box of 100 rounds. Uh, barrel was about to go because I was just negligent with just letting these things go. <laughs> just negligent. This thing's, it's like, this thing's it's like the first time getting laid. Yeah, 100%, man. I have <laughs> no, no, no self-control. No guilt in that. No shame in that. I absolutely just let it go. Yeah. Did you um, have a spare barrel with you? I did, yeah. Spare barrel, spare bolt. Yeah, that's good. Um, all right, so several hundred rounds. So a, a, a good volley blown wad first. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you guys just annihilate everybody and, and when you – stopped and then the movement element went in it was just game over yeah like i mean at that point it was th- those guys it was three two one execute rocket goes off they're they're far enough down in the valley that we can we our field of fire is perfect we can hit those guys they can do their thing and it was a simultaneous just yeah. cl- just wow. bang for those guys could you uh put a, a, a time figure on uh, time on target about how long you guys were yeah on? i would say um between the uh setup execution to target you know secondary clearance complete probably four hours okay yeah from the time the initiation shot went off yep. until you left how long was that yeah i think that's that's my four hour window right okay there. yeah yeah that's uh, well, four, so that hike, yeah the, uh, yeah we took our time we, yeah. we really took our time yeah. and it was proximity we were up a mountain overwatch they were pretty down far in the valley so to get reconstituted it did take some time to get everybody where they needed to be yeah that's good stuff and you had uh eyes in the sky letting you know what was going on we did but we yeah Yeah. we necessarily didn't need them there for the whole thing yeah uh all right so you barely make it back yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. due to due to driver error yeah Yeah. um and then you go home see your son being born you're married at that point yeah yeah yeah. i was married when did you get married i got married in buds oh really yeah it was awesome we got it we got a detour real quick yeah Uh, how how did you meet and and how did that whole thing go down so my wife was working at a hot dog restaurant next to my martial arts academy really yeah so uh i would uh just spy on her you know see her running from the car to the shop and went there and got me a hot dog and (laughs) you know here and uh, and it's, it's history from there yeah no we we created a great bond um friends first and uh really kind of she knew what i wanted to do she supported me 100 yeah. for she's from you know from the area so she's yeah. familiar with the with the with the lifestyle and she was like go yeah. go go do it man yeah and she's awesome. been supporting me ever since yeah that's great um how so how was it coming home seeing your son being born and having to <sighs> having to leave well given you know my childhood yeah. and kind of th- it was um you know, for me, I was getting my new best friend. I was getting a mini me. I was creating life. I have responsibility. I mean, so much was going through my mind at that time. And then not to mention, hey, man, I still got the boys that are back there getting it. But as yeah. soon as that baby turned into my life, I'll be frank with you, man, a lot changed. Yeah. A lot changed. Um, and I was told that was going to happen yeah. by mentors. Like, hey, once you have the first one. It's different. It is. Yeah. It is, man. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you go back. You did a couple more missions. Yeah, we did a couple more. Like again, now we're getting into the point to where we're talking about t- turnover with Team Four. So we're setting things up for them, cleaning up, and then it turns into you're probably going to retrograde the whole thing. So now retrograde takes priority over DA. Um, they want their equipment back. They want to know where their money's at. They want to think inventory. So the last part of that deployment, unfortunately, was not as kinetic as anyone would have liked because we were packing bags. Yeah. 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 Did you do any more actual raids like that? For no, a yeah. no, no. It was all recce type stuff. Yeah, recce. Yeah. real low impact stuff. And not you didn't get into it with anybody. KLEs, things like that. Man. I don't know what that is. That's a key leader engagement. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, an, that's a new you, one. And thank you for asking yeah. that because most people just yeah yeah okay. And yeah. Like I was the first one. If I know an acronym, yeah. what would you yeah. say, sir? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's certainly times on here where guys will say something like, dude, I have no idea what the fuck you just said. I'm wrong with that. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd rather know. Um, all right, so you guys end up uh, deploying or redeploying, going home. Um, how long were you home before uh, you ended up going to the, on the next one? So I was home. The SEAL Team 10 rotation is beautiful because you're always home for the holidays. Oh, wow. So you come home from deployment like right, right as fall hits, October. Damn. Yeah, and then... No one's looking for you till January. And that, that doesn't change? Like, oh, so Team 10, like, that's just their, it's their it doesn't rotate. It's not like. You never have a summer because you're sitting in Chaffee shooting heavy guns. Yeah. But you're always going to have your holidays at home. Wow. Huh. That's interesting. Where Team 4 is always gone. Our team, yeah, 4, I think, relieved us. Always, always gone for the holidays. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. So was it another 18-month work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, I checked in. I, I switched jobs. Oh, okay. So went over the kettle. Oh, I got, okay. I got, I got news. Oh, that's right. I got, I got news from my, uh, my troop chief. Great dude. He's like, Hey cap, you're uh and he knew back at buds. Cause I got basically got booed off stage when I said I wanted to be a canine handler. And really? Buds. Yeah, man. No way. Yeah. They went through, Hey, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I, I want to be, I've been, you know, the picture is on my wall, been on my wall from the book. Yeah. Um, my wife framed it for me cause she knew that was my goal. She likes putting things that I want to accomplish in front of me. And, uh, yeah, I want to be canine handler. <laughs> That's where turds go. Really? Yeah. And I said, well. I'm a turd then. Then I guess I'm going to be another <laughs> one of them. But I was like, and he was like, well, why? And I was like, I just think it's really cool to have yeah. that and that asset in a tactical environment. And uh, I've always had a passion for dogs and working dogs. I just yeah. love it. I mean, to me, it's, it's an unfortunate reality in some cases, not in, in all cases. I think it gets mischaracterized uh, at times. But, but the reality of it is because it's kind of a bastard child, you know, from a yep. detachment standpoint, it's, yep. it's not a priority. And people may hear that and think like, the fuck do you mean it's not a priority? It's like, well, keep in mind the things it's competing with. Correct. That's it. You know, You're um, JTAC like, sniper. Yeah, or, like every, everything's a priority, you know, so which means nothing's a priority or, or not everything can be a priority. So you, you still have to put it somewhere where uh, other things are going to come uh, from an important standpoint uh, in front of it. But but there is that unfortunate um, kind of reality that, um, you know, some some cases it's guys that, you know, are, are not good enough for people to want them to right. to be in their platoon, but they're not shitty enough to actually fire. Correct. Um, so that's where we got the land of misfit toys. Yeah, and it was the king. Yeah. It was the and knowing that I'm motivated to change that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I felt that there is absolutely nothing else that we could have with us that can do what this can do yeah um so yeah I, I, as soon as i got done with christmas new year's i showed up at the kennel before orders were even cut and i said hey i'm here where where, where do i start yeah and the, awesome. and, and the trainers were like who's this guy yeah we yeah. never what, what? <laughs> you're happy to be you? here what uh, yeah okay so they suggested some books i should read and uh said they'll see me when the course starts and yeah man off it, to the races. It, it was off to yeah. the races from there and so mickey was your your first dog Tell me, tell me about the time you met. Yeah, this is a good one. So, you know, you get excited about something. You've got this thing. You've got the plan, right? Hey, we're going to get there. We're going to learn. They're going to, I'm going to be able to pick my dog. I'm going to pick my yeah. dog. <laughs> so we get into the course. It's a less experienced guy. So new guy as a handler. Okay. A uh, good buddy of mine now. He's still active. And then it's uh, another guy from uh, Three Troop, Breck. And myself, and we're all in there, and we're getting down. We're talking. They're giving us gear, and I'm like, "Wait, these names bags have names on them. They must. Have, that's not my name." All right, let's go down and go see your dogs. Cool, man. I'm excited now. Here, it's around the new guy. 
he uh you know hey uh this is this is your dog i'm looking at him like he's like 80 pounds he's red like that thing is fucking sick man okay i like where we're going here <laughs> this is looking good all right yeah. uh the next guy he gets his dog all right this is gonna be you he's 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 young i'm like young he stood up on this fucking Door and was eight feet tall, man. I was a dire wolf. I was like, this is all like, oh, hell yes, bro. This is, and, and, and I'm sitting thinking, hey, I'm motivated. They know I want to be here, so let's go. All right, Cap. I look down at the kennel. There's your guy. And it's just this uh, little yellow dog, man. <laughs> just as ratty as they get. And, you know, they Crumpled just, ear and yeah, snaggled tooth. Yeah, they just got him like couple weeks ago no train he's like 10 months old no he's green oh wow he's green but we want to give him to you because we think you know how motivated you are you guys will work well together yeah. i'm crushed yeah you know i'm like fuck dude i got the little one man yeah fast forward he's the only one that actually deployed really yep the other two didn't make it nope wow nope what do you remember what it was yeah so we found red in his kennel bloated out oh wow yeah we found him he was real stressy Damn. we ended up uh him and his handler saved his life got him over to the you know got him right and they had to retire him obviously after yeah. that uh and then big big sexy rex did not like gunfire really? and that is a no-go for us was it uh aggressive towards it or nervous almost, almost a shutdown yeah, yeah almost shut down which uh I can work with aggressive. We, yeah. we can maybe work with that. But if you're going to shut down uh, at this point to build you back up, I might as well just trade you out. But to me, it's, it's surprising that he would even be there. Like that should have been. They were, we were pressed for dogs. Yeah. Yeah. We were hurting. Yeah. Man. Um, all right. Well, so you, you get the a feeling of being let down to start. Yeah. What was the first uh, interaction with him like and, and how did it go? Yeah. So they start off real easy. Hey, man, just get in there. Let's start feeding them. Let's clean them. Let's show them that you're going to be their guy. Um, they were pretty straight up like, hey, he's got some some corks that we're still working on. Uh, eight years later, they have not been worked out. <laughs> what, uh, what are they? He's not giving that ball up. Yeah. He's just not. And I, and I don't know if it's a – and don't get me wrong. It's not that he's not. He has and will. But it's gotten to the point now where you've – hey, man, we're, we're on our year seven here you know, working on this, yeah. you know, and I, and I started, re I, once I got to know the dog and understand him a lot better, you know, they're all individual. He was mentally very immature, even when I got him. And to this day, he's very mentally immature. Um, and it's almost, I don't want to use the word special needs or anything like that, but he definitely is special. There's just something not crossed right going on in his brain. He's he neutered. Right. Just got neutered. Just got neutered. Yeah. Did they make you neuter him before they would retire? Yeah, yeah. you know that. They don't yeah. want to be doing anything crazy. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I got him, man, and, and uh, the first interactions were just belly pets and just understanding that he, he wasn't a vicious dog, yeah. and he was still 100% a puppy. Yeah. And anything he was doing work-wise was pure genetics, and just that yeah. was what the imprinting said to go do. Yeah. Um, the ball thing, I mean, I'd, at some point we'll get together. I'd, I'd like to try working with him. I'd, uh, I'd, yeah. I'd be awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um. All right, so how how long of a process from the time you get paired up with Mickey until that you actually felt like we're firing on all cylinders and I think we're a fucking team that, that could go deploy? What was the time frame? Yeah, um, so to put it, to, to help answer that question, the NSW MPC course is the second longest course in Naval Special Warfare, second to the medics. So you get an 18, I got an 18-week course, ate up my whole pro dev with just him. And during that time, they basically try to get you through everything in ULT. So you're going to fast rope, you're going to, you're going to repel, you're going to swim with them, you're going to do, you know, some, some CQC, you're going to do the hit with the dog. Um, I was, I saw the need for us to get some more training. 
So I was fortunate enough to be able to go over to the Marsoc subject matter exchange and go run through all of Camp Pendleton, South Towns and stuff like that as like an extra little bit for us. Um, Mickey and I were confident and full mission capable at about week 30 yeah. of our training. Yeah. So you uh, you felt that. I felt that because I felt that um, I knew what he was going to do. And I can anticipate, you know, and he, him and I have bonded and I was structured. Yeah. And that's what it boiled down to. Every morning was the same thing. It was a, a religious schedule that I put him on. Um, so I knew that we had hit those wickets. We had checked those boxes. We had exceeded standard on a lot of things, minus giving the ball up. And uh, I felt comfortable with that. And then to test that was ULT. Yeah. They throw you into South Mutsi. They put you in some stressful environments. And the goal was to get your own release authority. Your goal was to get us close to the front of that train as possible. That makes sense with that asset. You don't want to be the first guy because now you're tied up on something else. You just want to be able to have that, you know, awareness. So we worked really hard to make sure that he trusted me, I trusted him. And then once we had that, that chief needed to trust us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, 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 that was the, when I got the, hey man, okay, you've done the work. You, you run your thing. You give me your intent, status, and outcome when you're done. And I thought that was really cool to be able to earn that from my platoon chiefs yeah. to have that freedom of movement with that animal. So yeah, that's yeah, cool. awesome. Uh, so I have to ask from a explosive detection standpoint, sure. uh, you reward the dog. Then what? If you're, if you're having that kind of trouble with, right, uh, right. without in the ball. So we had a couple different things we tried. Um, the easiest thing is to yeet, we'll safe and hang. Right. And who will eventually that thing out. Uh, the e-collar removes me from the situation, right? That, that's just voodoo magic to them. Uh, that wasn't getting it done. Uh, two of those wasn't getting it done. It actually made it worse, obviously, as you know. Um, so it would really be a great free pay you 30, maybe three to five seconds with that thing. Give you the command. I give it to you once. I give you the correction. You don't do it. I'm getting my ball back. Yeah. And pocket, put them down. He shakes his head. He's no longer seeing red. He's back on task. Transition time needs to be two minutes from a bite to detection. Yeah. So the detection to a bite needs to be the same, right? I need to, so we had to get that ball back pretty quick. Yeah. And that was the easiest way was to choke him off. Of it. Yeah. Um, I for sure want to work with that damn dog. I'm going to fix it. All mark, right. Mark, I, I love mark, it. Mark my word. I love it. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll take it as a, as you, a do you want to Do you want to know the worst thing about this whole thing? Sure. He'll give it to my wife. <laughs> he well, gives it. He he yeah. will that to her. Yeah, I'm, I'm the issue. Yeah. I'm the issue. Yeah. I'm the P, I, I'm the I'm the trigger. Well, I I mean I see that a lot in in bite work where similarly, um, you know, guys if if they understand you know how to communicate with dogs yep. well or or correctly, I would say not even well, um, can come up and out a dog off of a bite if they do it the right way yep. better than their handler can because there's such a contextual association with fighting with with the handler absolutely that, that the dog has built over time yep you know and, and it just causes a lot of problems but uh i'm not going to say it's an easy fix I, I think it can be fixed i think i can fix it but uh, i would like to try at least but absolutely i, I look forward to it and yeah. like again and it's 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 going to be me yeah. we both know dog training isn't yeah. really dog training it's human tra it's yeah. human I mean, training it's, a lot of the time yeah for sure so yeah um all right so you guys are, are firing on all cylinders. You're you know, ready to go, et cetera. Uh, were there any, other than the ball thing, were there any big challenges that you ran into with him during training? It's not big. And I think a lot of people can relate to this that, that run these types of dogs. Is my main priority and my main job was to 
protect him from himself. You know, I've got this Tasmanian devil that's going to go through a window or jump into a burning building looking for an odor. My job is to make sure that he stays healthy and can continue the mission. So yeah. I'm looking for broken glass, you know, obstacles and hazards. Yeah. And um, that was the only thing is that is he's 100 percent all the time, and there is no middle ground with that. And just having to control that and kind of take that fireball and push it this way or that way. Yeah. That's it. How uh, how would you characterize him? compared to all the other dogs that you've worked with in that unit, strength and bite work? Normal, above for average? A, for a 60-pound animal, I don't think anything, no one else, the, the trainers, the guys in the bite suit would say that he's he's, he's got the mouth. Yeah. Like the mouth's there, like Intensity he wants to be wise. there. Oh, yeah, he wants to be there, yeah. man. Even yeah. at 10 months he was that way? Oh, yeah. yeah that's, oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. I got, I got the, yeah. I mean, he's he was the real deal, man. He was yeah. a man dog, yeah. and that's why that's why they brought him on. Yeah. I mean, that's rare to see it at, at that age. Oh, yeah. At he least was, from my, my experience, but... Uh, all right. So, w- at what point were were you transitioned into now deploying with a dog? And was it a scenario where um, you deployed with, um, like, you knew the platoon that you were going to deploy with well right. beforehand? So, what I did during my ULT is I pimped myself out to anybody who wanted the asset. Hey, if you're going on a hit training right now, we're just getting through training. Hey, let me let me bring the dog. So I was bouncing from one troop to two troop to this platoon to that platoon. Same team or different same team? Same team, same um, team. You know, really just showing the capability, earning everybody's trust, um, and getting my reps because that's what this boiled down to is getting as many reps as possible, right? Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I farmed myself out to anybody who would have me, which gave me a lot, a lot of experience and a lot of extra reps. So that was pivotal with us having that confidence to be able to go out and do what we were doing. And, uh, you know, then it turned into, hey, can we work with, you know, we get to our final battle problem as our workup starting to slow down. Final battle problem, you're going to get with everybody that's going to be in country with you, Army, Marines, everybody. You're all going to go somewhere and go train together. And, uh, hey, you guys need a dog? Oh, yeah, yeah. Come, come run with us for a little bit. Awesome. You know, whole nother unit, whole nother branch of service. I get to see how they operate, how they're clearing. And I get to now utilize my asset on their mission. I was like, this is awesome. Same thing with the Marines. They were on station with us as well, doing some training. The other hand there, I was like, hey, man, you should go with them and then we'll flip flop. So we went everywhere to try to get ready. And then once we checked, you know, we're satisfied with that, it was, uh, it was no doubt that we were going to go and be very confident in our deployment and yeah. do work. Yeah. yeah. And so from the time that you paired up with them until you deployed was how long? Yeah, two years. Okay. I got him in January, like 6th or 7th, and then and that was 2018, and then we took off 2019, okay. spring. So he was almost three when, when yep. he deployed then. Yep, yep. So yeah. I've got a full-grown now. Yeah. You know, and Man dog. That, but I also got the – it was mine, Yeah, which was rare. Like, yeah. I got to put my heart and soul into this dude, man. Yeah, like, yeah that's awesome. Uh, all right, so you deploy. Did you know who you were going with and where you were going before you left? No, because where my platoon was going was nowhere that was going to benefit me or, or the asset, right? Um, so I jumped ship, which was good and bad, good for us, but looked at maybe, you know. Was that it, your decision or was it dictated? It was my decision to chase in war. Yeah. Yeah, being frank, chase in war. Yeah. I'm, I mean, to yeah. me, it's, it's uh, refreshing to hear that they gave you that level of autonomy because a lot of times it'd be like tough shit this is who you're going right 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 and well we had an interesting remember i had a really good platoon on that first one this next one unfortunately didn't live up to the same standards which how could you right so i was kind of itching to maybe 
move laterally as it was. And I ended up in a different platoon, same team. That got me into what I thought was going to be a, a good deal. And then we took an unfortunate loss on the West Coast. And that opened up an opportunity for me and Mickey to go augment with SEAL Team 7 and, was, uh, was and get a into it. A dog got killed? Or yeah, yeah, FBC Charlie. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I remember the, the call came in. I had some buddies on the platoon from Buds. And I was kind of, you know, fishing. Hey, I was a look out there. You guys need another dog? And he was like, man, as a matter of fact, we just lost ours. Uh, so I get that word and uh, do some more information, do some more digging on the situation, what happened. And SEAL Team 7 at that time, had, uh, they were getting in some pretty decent ticks um, uh, over in Iraq at that time. So op tempo was a little bit different than what we had in Africa. So it was very appealing for us to try to make that move. Um, so I was pushed it up to my chief and he looked at me in the face and said, be careful what you're asking for, but I'll send you. I trust you. Just be careful. You know what I mean? And uh, it took us a month to get in the country, but we did. We backfilled MPC Charlie, who absolutely saved the people behind him, the surf numbers behind him, his handler and his number two man. Um, do you know what happened? I do, and I'll, t- I'll tell you all about it right now, man. It was uh, absolute glorious to watch that dog do what he did. Uh, ISR is clear as day. Uh, they're on a manhunt. Unfortunately, the squirter, he got bedded down pretty well and knew that they were coming for him. Get a good handler? Hey, go find him. Go, go, go find him. Charlie went and found him, and the guy was bedded down, ready for an ambush. He was well, you know, well-equipped. So Charlie ate two AK rounds, which would have been for his handler. Mm-hmm. Got a grenade off, which knocked the handler on his feet. Uh, Charlie engaged, stayed engaged. Um, realized, hey, man, he was, he was going to go, and came off and took his time out in the corner, and that was, that was him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, super tough to watch, especially, um, and you see the handler just doing everything he can from the ground to try to help his boy out. Yeah. Number two man steps up and and then neutralizes the target, right? But uh, yeah, Charlie was special, man, and uh, he'll super missed. And his handler was a is a solid human being who cared a lot about him, man. Yeah. So my heart goes out to him, and um, but it did open up the door for making out a yeah to backfill. Well, and and you know as as tough as those losses are, um, you know again like if you're ever um, faced with the question of, you know, do we send the dog or the human? Like it's always going to be the dog, you know, or, or if you can pick, Absolutely. do we lose the dog or, or the human? Like that, that's not a decision, right? That's a, it's a no brainer. So no, it's not. And you're, and I, I hate to tell you this, and this is going to go back to our point about upper management. I said the exact same thing you did, Mike. Yeah. Hey man, why should we keep this? I'm briefing the group two Commodore. Why should we keep the dog program? You've already marked through my brief, sir. So I'll leave you with this. I'd rather put four legs in a box versus two. Yeah. And it's that simple. Yeah. And if you don't see the value in that. <clears throat> what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's a classic example is that, you know, in, in that case, Charlie gave his life for one or two team guys. Right. Plain and simple. That yeah. simple. That's I mean, invaluable. Like, not only that, but how many lives did that yeah. positively affect? Yeah. You're talking about his handler with beautiful wife, family, kids yeah. that got to go home yeah. because of that dog sacrifice and his just determination and just fearlessness to go into gunfire. So yeah. he crushed it. Yeah. And you can't hide from that nose. Yeah. So did he find, Oh that? yeah. Our one legged guy was found. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.